0: Welcome to the Arbitrage Podcast, episode one hundred and eleven. That's all ones.
1: Yes. Oh my God! There's a bunch of ones. It is. You made... know what else is all ones? The Mercedes one hundred and eleven concept car.
0: That is an odd
1: segue. But anyway, I just want—it's not segue. It's just me saying something. Do you know what else is
0: odd? Hmm. I'm looking at a Bricklin over your shoulder right now.
1: Yeah, parked next to a bunch of DeLoreans. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs>
0: and then I see Kurt. The E90 next to it as well. So, That's it's, pretty funny. So, yeah, we're, we're at the the, the, uh, the garage recording and, pretty normal, but, yeah, we're at Cars and Caves. Yep. And this show is getting huge. Yeah, I know. This yeah. is like Cars and Coffee in its heyday big today.
1: Yeah, it's really big. Like, that was it was a problem for me to park. That, that's such a big song.
0: I had to move one of my cars to get Scott in here.
1: Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it's so. insane. But, no, it's, it's a good thing. It's a great thing, yep. You know, it, it just goes to show that location is more important than brand.
0: And, honestly, these shows benefit charities, tangible charities. Yeah. Cars and Coffee does not. Yes, it's true. So, I mean, this, th- this month it's Special Olympics of Minnesota, which oh, is a great organization. That's great, um, yeah. They do have a silent auction today, too, which I probably won't have time to hit because we're kind of on a schedule, unfortunately, due to my ridiculous schedule.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, no, we've, we've been, like, the last two weeks have just been insane. Yeah. Last week we had Back to the 50s, and you had all your, all your crap all yep. week. And, and we'll, so, we'll go
0: over all that yeah. in an episode here. But yeah, anyway, it's, we
1: should, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Patreon real quick and really get into our actual topics.
0: So, arbitrage, as you guys all know, you've been listening hopefully a long time. Thank you. If not, if you're uh, first listening today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Welcome. You,
1: you have ten hours of me being your wife. Actually, probably more because usually <laughs> just like an hour and five minutes. So Yeah,
0: you can. there's a lot of just really disparaging terribleness from uh, our backlog that you can go. But anyway, uh, we do not run ads on anything. Uh, YouTube, um, SoundCloud, anything like that. And there's a fair bit of upfront equipment cost and hosting cost, so we do have a Patreon page if you do want to help us out, just sort of cover that. Uh, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage, C-A-R-B-I-T-R-A-G-E we have two levels, both of which are very, very minimal. Uh, we have a $1.5 a month level just for some beer offset, and then we yes. have a $5 contribution as well. So if you want to check us out on Patreon, uh, we would strongly encourage that. But if you don't, we will keep right on doing the show anyway. So,
1: Exactly. All yes. right. Let's move we are, right.
0: We are tools for your entertainment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Certainly no, uh, no pressure, but we would appreciate it. Yes. All right. So I want to talk about the Toyota Avalon. Okay. Yeah. You didn't think that was going to be the first topic, did you? No. <laughs> That's really weird. I was actually test driving a Fiat 124 yesterday, and I was behind a brand new Avalon, and it had like a really cool progressive LED blinker. Yeah, they they do that now. It's yeah, because the, the whatever Lexus version is based off that. has Right. That, um, but it doesn't do the Audi thing where right. it has the progressive and the actual blinker. This is just a progressive one, just which a- I'm surprised they're allowed to do with the DOT. But I think how they got through it is it comes on fully, and then it
1: fades out to the outer edge. Oh, yeah, probably. Instead of...
0: The Audi way. But anyway, uh, Toyota built an Avalon drift car.
1: Why is Toyota building drift cars out of
0: their not sports cars? And also front wheel drive cars.
1: Yeah, because they've done, they have a Corolla and now they have an Avalon. I don't know. But meanwhile, Toyota also makes the. 8.6, six and the Supra,
0: right? Which are and the Tacoma, awesome rear-wheel drive platforms.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It, Toyota shouldn't be. I, I really, yeah. Why, why are they doing this? But anyway,
0: the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because Toyota, in order to do this with a front-wheel drive car, needed to put in a handbrake. Uh, these cars
1: came with an electric one second. Brake. Pause, pause, pause. That front grille, I've forgot about that, and I realize that's even more preposterous than the spindle grill that they put um, like on. Like the IS and yeah, stuff? Yeah, the, the Predator face. Yeah. Like, because this is a car for Grandpa. It is. And now Grandpa's car <laughs> has a four-foot by two-foot grill with vents on the sides.
0: And how much, <laughs> how much of that grill mesh do you think is actually open, permeable?
1: Oh, like none. I Yeah, it's like I, 10%. I bet, I bet the entire center of that, like the center, like six inches, is just a bumper bar. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because that's, that's I've noticed all these. like The giant grill is the new, like, stupid vents on your, t- on your like, rear bumper. Yes. It's just, it not, does nothing, nope. and it just makes your car, look like, busy. Yep. I mean, uh, it's, there are uglier things for sale, but, like... No, uh, no, th- this one, yeah, this is not the worst one.
0: But anyway, yeah, so a front-wheel drive drift car, these cars, they do have a parking brake, because it's R- a manual. Randy's in the back, losing his mind. But it's an electric, <laughs> it's an electric parking brake. Yeah. You know, one of those terrible, stupid things with the electric calipers? Yeah. So, they put hydraulic handbrake in this car in the cup holder. Because that was the only area <laughs> in the interior they could put one. Wait, I do if they have do a we photo have a of picture
1: it. of that or oh no uh. you'd have to watch a video for it. I'm not trying to watch a video.
0: Well I'll I'll leave it playing for the people watching the podcast. But yeah Oh
1: they had, King, they had King Gucci driving it too. King Gushi could totally just like drive anyway, it. I, I,
0: at least Toyota's doing just weird stuff. I mean this isn't even like a <laughs> GR Avalon.
1: It's just a normal. It's just an avalon, avalon that
0: they decided to put a parking brake in. With
1: Ken Gushy driving it. Right. Twenty twenty TRD. They, do they avalon. still make that front wheel drive? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's still front wheel drive. So
1: I feel like you could probably do that with a, with a electric parking brake. You Yeah, but the response time is not like great. You could. Yeah, you totally could, yeah. Because I, I know I, I know allegedly I may or may not have drifted around a few Outback three six Rs. Maybe when I was working at Morris, I don't know. I'm sure the but center diff loved you. <coughs> yeah, I,
0: I, anyway. I, I, I
1: didn't do that, so I wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> that would yeah, <laughs> that, would have, that would have been wrong and bad, and we would we've never. Yeah, no, no, break a good the, boy wouldn't do that. No, of course not. But anyway, uh, I don't. Again, there you go. There, so it's in the cup. Oh under.
1: wow, yeah, look at that! Right, <laughs> so it's. Uh, I don't, I, That's probably probably was really easy uh, to do because probably you, you just block off the rear so the rear. Uh, brake circuits, mm-hmm. and then just run the two circuits up to the front, and yep. then the rear, you would just yeah pull on the parking brake and put a another uh, um, master cylinder and in
0: I'm there. And I'm sure they had to pull the uh, ABS fuse, because I'm guessing it doesn't have a defeatable traction or stability control system from the factory, because it's a grandpa car.
1: Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, I'm, hmm. I don't know, I, I have faith I in have Toyota. Not, I have, I have more faith. driven an Avalon, but... No, I've not either because I'm not I, I'm not a octogenarian. So,
0: <laughs> eight-speed automatic through the front wheels. Oh my god! Yeah. So uh,
1: I thought it was funny they put a hydro in an Avalon and drifted it for reasons. So that's really goofy. Um, so I want to talk about something that's not front wheel drive, and that's literally anything from the 1950s. Okay. Because uh, I went to um back to the 50s wow, last that's, weekend. That's a big show. It is potentially the least photogenic car show I've ever been to in my life.
0: What do you mean? Like,
1: everything, everything is a bright color. It's full of fat people and rascals. <laughs> like every cool car is immediately followed by something like there. It's still about like fifty percent hot rods that were built right when these people retired in like nineteen ninety seven. Yep. So it's like it, it's like pastel yellow paint with like is it faded. No, no. They're oh, okay. flawless condition. Okay. Like pink and blue, like splash, like pinstripe. <laughs> and then some like Boyd Coddington wheels and like an LT1 swap. And like, Im- like was...
0: practically small side view mirrors.
1: Yeah, and like an LT1 swap. And yep. then you look inside and it's got some like crazy like handmade leather interior with like an auto- AutoZone CD player. It's like peak technology. Like, this yep. car was the coolest thing in the world in 1997. Yep. And now it's not. Uh, <laughs> however, um, <laughs> so. Now it's gabbage. Uh, yeah. So, But basically, a lot of these cars, as these people have been kind of dying off, and you have the next generation that kind of have been coming to back to the 50s, I notice that there's a trend where half the people are going for traditional hot rod style, so rat rods and, you know, the white wall tires and narrow, tall drag slicks and yeah. everything. Um, pie cutters and all that. Yeah, pie cutters and things like that. And the other half is only trying to, like, build off, like, the... The old man look that they have now, but they're like trying to modernize it, so they're not putting like LEDs on them and stuff. And it's oh. like, there should be a rule where LEDs do not belong on anything that was made before the LED existed. That's I would be okay with that. Yeah, because I was be okay I, I was trying to think of something from
0: the '70s, really. My only exception is there are companies that engineer like for the '2002. They're an engineered full replacement, and they actually build in circuitry to fade the LEDs on you can't and off. Tell. So you can't tell it's I, an LED. If
1: I can tell you have an LED, if yeah. I was a car show judge, I'm, I, actually, I'm going to be judging two car shows. Wow, so check you out. Th- this weekend. So if I come across anything from prior to 1979 that's got an LED in it, I can tell it's got an LED in it. If I had it. a
0: vehicle being judged by you at a show, I would just go home. Because I'm like, Ryan's going to find something that's just like
1: totally I wrong. I am, but I'm going to do that with everybody. Yeah, right. That's what makes me a good car show judge. <laughs> Okay. Because I will do that, like, I'm across the board. You are
0: fastidious, I yeah. will say.
1: Yeah, across the board. Like, I'm not going to, like, wait, for you, like, your Ferrari, I would not judge that higher than somebody else's Ferrari. Because I know the, what the underside looks like. It looks good. And I would totally dock you points on the front bumper.
0: <laughs> Go look under any 355. They'll be I worse know. than mine. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean.
1: That's the thing. It's like it can see fiberglass. But yeah. So anyway, back to the fifties. Uh, yeah, they've been having this like thing where like a lot of younger people have been coming through, and some of them are like Kyles that you know put LEDs on their, you know, their hammy down Edsel. Did you see any Monster Energy stickers? One truck. Oh. It was like a International Harvester <clears throat> pickup of from like the fifties. Of course it was. And it was lifted with a big Monster Energy sticker in the back. And, and we should back. reiterate
0: for the people that are listening out of state. Back to the fifties is a. Monumentally huge pre nineteen sixty five so I car did show.
1: I did the math mm-hmm. on it. I think it was I, I did this like over a week ago now, so forgive me if I'm wrong. I think it's one twentieth of the entire city of St. Paul is one car show, yeah because that's, that's how big right. the uh state fairgrounds are and it, they fill it It takes
0: two or three solid days to see everything there
1: i i all right, so the day I usually go, my favorite day is yeah. Friday night after that, work. That was the day I meant to
0: go. It was the only day my admission was valid for, which I didn't bother to check until Saturday. Mm.
1: Oops. Well, I went uh, Friday night after work, and that's perfect cuz most of the people have gone. All the really cool cars are there. Mm-hmm. All the Kyles with their Monster Energy logos, they're down at the nook like getting beer. They're not I in the do car love show the nook. The nook is delicious.
0: That's fabulous.
1: Jana actually ate a hamburger for a first time, like voluntarily. Whoa! Yeah, went well, to the nook's pretty good. So the cutie, cutie Lucy's. <laughs> um, but all right, so the, the other thing I want to talk about, I, I could, I'm probably going to end up making an article on the website about back to the 50s and everything. Okay, it, it's actually, I think it is the largest single car show in the world. Because Hershey, Pennsylvania has a car show. It's one or two. I don't remember. Hershey, Pennsylvania has a car show. It goes on as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that's technically like two or three different shows that all happen at the same time. It
0: back to the fifties completely changes Roseville for an entire week.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's an entire. Yeah.
0: It, like it, it. takes the entire city over.
1: Yeah, the entire first ring suburb just on the north side of St. Paul. Yep. Like right,
0: right by there. Yeah, it's it's insane. Because I work. Less than two miles from the fairgrounds. And yeah, a week bookending. Yeah. It's no, I think all I see every other vehicle is a pre-1964.
1: I vehicle. really think that MSRA should work with other clubs and make this into more of like a Monterey Car Week sort of thing. Because they have the clout with that right They now. do.
0: And the publicity company that uh, operates back to the 50s isn't yeah. really into that. Which is a little strange. They're actually the same people that run these shows now, the Cars and Caves. Why would they
1: not want to do that?
0: I don't know. They're. I think they're just a little bit old school, and, and I appreciate that because they don't overextend. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, they're really consistent. Yeah, that and that, true. that's really like important the with a show like yeah. that because like you look at a lot of the issues with uh, other big shows, not even just in Minnesota but everywhere. When you're it's really when good. they well, when they they just like change their format drastically or they try something new and sorry, and it fails. Yeah, and then then the show that used to be epic is done. Yeah, it so just kills the show. I yeah. think really maintaining their like kind of old school way of doing it, like faxing in your registration form and stuff like that, which you still have to do. That's hilarious. For back to the 50s. It's, <clears throat> I, I think it's a good thing that they're keeping... those barriers that. to entry. Yeah. Yeah. Because Kyle's not going to dig out a fax machine.
1: Except for that one with the truck. Yeah, he probably um. stole his registration from his <laughs> dad. So, there's this other thing that they do, um, speaking of old, is they play, like, loud-ass, like, 1950s music. Okay. So, like, yeah, they're playing La Bamba, which is fine. And then, like, after probably about 20 minutes of hanging out with Andrew Jason, and his 63 uh, Fairlane that he just bought, mm-hmm. um, it, it got a little tiring. And... I'm sitting there, I'm like I really just want to turn that off, but it's like hot, and like I don't want to get up. And then, as I do that I see this really just like ass mad guy, just like stomping across, and I he goes picture in, this exactly yeah. unplugs the speaker, takes the takes the prongs for the for the plug in, and bends them out, and then throws it, and then goes wow. back to his campsite to a full standing ovation from everybody within like two blocks of him. <laughs>
0: hey, everyone needs to hear my music.
1: Well, it's like I'm sorry. I don't. I don't want to have to. I don't. I, I like Labamba, but I do not like Labamba at 110 decibels, over and over again. Well, it's not just Labamba, but they were like it was just like, oh my god. It was... I was at
0: the drive-in movies last night, and there were two vehicles playing on a loop that like country western rap song that's oh, out there fuck, right I now. Fuck, I hate that song. Oh, it's so terrible. Just made uh, me want to die.
1: Yeah, it's a little X. Yeah, like, I that, that, that one. Yeah. yeah. So anyway,
0: um, I, I agree, yeah, but in the case of LEDs in an older car, if they can make it mimic the behavior and look of an incandescent, I'm fine with it.
1: it, it any modification, if it's not period correct, if I can't tell, I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is that.
0: Yeah. Uh, like the inside of this 1950s engine could have brand new forged fractures, but IBM connecting rods, I don't want to know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't care. Do, do not list that in your list of modifications. Tell me that your flathead is all factory, and I'll be fine with that. And then when your flathead you makes hundred, at flathead. When oh, speaking of flathead, I found the coolest one, objectively.
0: Yeah, yeah that the head is pretty cool on those.
1: Well, the Ardon cylinder head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so... a
0: bunch of aftermarket heads for those, and that's one of the cooler ones. Yeah.
1: So there's this head that I, I discovered for the <laughs> listeners called an Ardon cylinder head, mm-hmm. and what it is is it's a side valve hemispherical cylinder head that you put on your flathead that gives it one exhaust runner for each cylinder, which the flatheads previously did not the right. the center, center two cylinders sharing. share. Um but yeah no it's super super cool to see. Anyway, um it's pretty neat. You know what uh you know what the Arden cylinder head probably does have flathead clutch though. Oh what? Uh, the Arden cylinder head With all that extra power Yeah Price probably just burns The hell out of those clutches
0: Yeah, uh, maybe I, uh, If you look at a clutch On like a factory 30s flathead Like it's actually A pretty modern looking thing I mean the yeah. clutch
1: itself I guess doesn't well, really Well you, you would know All about clutches After your last two weeks Dude. Wouldn't you
0: Dude I am so sick Of working on clutches I, uh, I did the 911 Like two weeks ago Because it was an emergency Yeah And then I'm like, well, the one series clutch, like I was talking about last time we were doing the podcast, it started slipping on Cannonball. Yeah. I had it in the trunk of the car, so I I locked myself in the garage last Saturday. Yeah. And I forced myself to do it. And I got, I think, three hours into it, trans was out, everything was good. I got the new clutch kit, put it up there, and I realized there's no alignment tool with this clutch kit. I'm like, why? Okay. They gave me a new clutch fork. Like you with everything except
1: for the alignment tool.
0: But no alignment tool. So I called, like I sent out an APB on the interwebs, and Brian May texts me. He's like, hey, man, I can bring you one in like four hours. And like, was perfect. It like
1: the wrong one or something? Yeah, he brought the, the wrong was. one, but he
0: brought two, <laughs> and I was able to lathe the two together into a working tool. <laughs> so I was able to do it. It worked beautifully. I'm going to save it because it worked just perfectly. So
1: what, what I've always done, well, whenever I do clutches, it always seems to be on a Honda And it's just it's a lot lower stakes. Yeah. But what I've always done is I take two flatheads. I put one up to one spline. I push the other one down, and I twist it back and forth until it goes in, and I slide the tranny on.
0: I usually, um, I will I will take the clutch disc. I'll put it on there, just set it on or whatever. Put the pressure plate on, finger tight. The bolts are on the pressure plate. Yeah. And I will I will reach my fingers around in three areas to triangulate. So I will I'll feel the lip between the pressure plate and the clutch disc. And once it feels about right even, then you just torque it down, and it's good. The downside to these is they are self-adjusting pressure plates, so you can't do that. Perfect. Because you can torque the pressure plate all the way down, and there's no friction on the clutch. So So the alignment tool actually goes in first, then you bolt the pressure plate on, and then you actually have to release this holder that sets the pressure plate while you're holding the alignment tool in to keep the clutch. Somewhere.
1: How is this better than a normal clutch? It's why, not. Why, why would a the normal clutch The reason why not
0: these exist work? is because it keeps the take-up point exactly the same throughout the entire life of the clutch. But
1: nobody cares about that. I don't want that.
0: I don't want that either. I want to know when my clutch is bad.
1: Yeah. Like, that's why you have these things. Right. And the new clutch it, feels beautiful now. So It's like, you know why you can hear a car? <laughs> so if it starts to misfire, you'll know. Yeah, That's why they don't have perfectly silent exhaust all the time.
0: So anyway, uh yeah, that happened. It it worked fine. Um, I did the uh, oil pan gasket on Mr. Wags finally. Good. So that thing doesn't leak. That's, That's pretty good. neat. Yeah, it was up there in the air for like ever. And uh, I've had... I see
1: that the two, that the, the 2000 or the 1602 is up in the air as well. It is, and
0: I have got parts for it, so, good. so I'm it's hoping going to get, like, the brakes work soon. That'd be cool. Maybe I don't know. We'll find out. Either it's gonna leak or it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping for the it won't. But yeah, I, I'm I'm knocking out a ton of projects. I just took a deposit on uh, another SMG swap like an hour ago, and it's it's a nightmare. But you know, it's I'm, I'm knocking stuff out. It's fine. <laughs> That's but good. That's good. The
1: inside of Mister Wags, the engine looked brand new. So I'm perfect. Very excited. That's good. I'm yeah. I'm actually happy to hear that. I've um. <laughs> Not done anything with my cars lately because I've been super busy. Actually, I got I, I put in a uh, catch can on Jana's Accord so okay. I can really drive it around. Cause I just know I'm not gonna have time to get to. I was do gonna anything, say, is the swap. blow by
0: super duper bad?
1: Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, it's vile. It it, it does not rev past 5500 rpm, despite how hard you try. Oh. It's red lines like 6200, but I mean still, like that that top like fifth <laughs> of the rev, of the rev range is just not there. It literally just Aww. sputters. Eh. Uh, Speaking of vehicles that don't rev that high, yeah. Um, i sorry, I may have to hit the pre war bell because I found the coolest car I've ever seen go up for auction. Okay, well,
0: um, at least in the last year. So you already set this up with I know it's
1: pre war. Oh, Click link? that link oh, that okay. I have there. It is a Mybach with a literal Zeppelin engine. Okay, that's pretty cool, it's 21 liters. Isn't that like
0: the uh, the Beast of Turin
1: or whatever? Kind of, yeah. Have except, a yeah, liter zeppelin yeah that, that, motor? that was a that was a twenty three liter as a four cylinder, and that was, oh, cylinder, yeah. and that oh, was yeah. it was a dirigible, but not a zeppelin. Oh, um, so oh, look at this. Blech. It's actually pretty cool because you have to understand this is nineteen oh seven. That's pretty good looking for nineteen oh seven. It does look pretty modern for nineteen oh seven. But anyway. 180 horsepower, 21 liters, 120 mile per hour top speed, 0 to 60 in 8 seconds, at 17 second quarter mile. Holy shit. In 1907.
0: That's really impressive.
1: That's insane. That's a cross-flow
0: cylinder head and everything. Yeah,
1: isn't that really cool? That's a bunch of cool stuff happening in 1907.
0: That's... it looks like a Cummins six BT. <laughs> it's really what it does look like. It looks just like a six BT.
1: But so if you can have some like idea of what the modern equivalent would be, yeah. All right, imagine a uh, like a Mercedes S Class Coupe. Okay, but you take out the V twelve or whatever, you put in like an Abrams tank engine. Ah, and then you take that Abrams tank engine, make it run a five second quarter mile and make it go like 300 miles an hour, and that's exactly what that is. It's also got just rear drum brakes and a transmission brake.
0: Yikes. Is yeah. it one or two-wheel drive? It's two-wheel drive. Nice.
1: But if you look at – so the, you have the seats, which are exactly just they are smoking room lounge chairs. They are literally two lounge chairs. And then four. the, the third seat in the back is it's a three-seater. I thought it had two individuals in the back. No, it's got one in the back. Oh. But the sol- the solitary individual oh, one is mounted so cool. up higher. Well, Hi, Stella. Yeah, there's Stella. Uh, that the third one's mounted up higher, and that is a Stadium total seating. loss oiling system. <laughs> so the people Which, in the front get covered in oil.
0: <laughs> total loss for uh, people listening means that it doesn't get recovered in a pan. It just yeah, goes into no the oil environment. Pan. Right. Yeah, yeah, it just
1: leaves. <laughs> uh, the pe- the people in the the front get covered in oil, yeah. uh, and then the person in the back who's, like, has this false sense of security, like, they, too, get covered in oil. Are they wearing, like, the leather goggles? <laughs> I, you have or? to. You okay, literally cool. have to. So I'm just imagining these people, like, this guy goes, like, 19 like 1909, this guy takes his girlfriend out for a date, and, like, picks her up, in his my back, and she goes, oh, yeah, sexy, my back. <laughs> and then, like, she, like, hops in the back, and actually, no, I'd be a mother-in-law seat. So <laughs> she has to bring her mother. So she has, to, the mother hops in the back, and the mother's just, ah!
0: <laughs> just imagine like it's boiling lava hot yeah, oil oh, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly Because
1: <laughs> it just ran through the engine Oh, you're right, it is a single seat back there So th- that is actually called a mother-in-law's, ch- mother-in-law's seat because. I was, love the oh shit handles I That know, are right? brass and <laughs> bolted to the side of this seat ah! <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine the hood rat stuff that's gone on in this vehicle So if you're wondering what a mother-in-law's seat is In a two-seater car they put in an afterthought third seat for the mother of your girlfriend or or whatever. <laughs> just to keep you less handsy or what? Well, that was the thing is if people saw a two-seater car, they know what's going to happen. You're a hot dude with a chick in the car. Of mm-hmm. course you're going to get all handsy. But for mothers there, you're not. Um, so <laughs> so this one's actually a rather civilized mother-in-law seat because uh, on the Stutz Bearcat, yeah. uh, they just put that literally on the outside of the car. <laughs> Like, it was, it was literally on the outside. It was a fold-out <clears throat> chair. Oh, was it like a rumble seat? No, no. I'm talking like a folding lawn chair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that goes directly on the sideboard runner. There's no seatbelt. There's nothing that holds you in on the right side, so you need to hold on for dear life. If he takes a turn that goes left too far, you're going under that wheel because you are sitting directly below the rear wheel. That sounds poorly. It, it was there as a technicality only. Ah, okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. But, That's... yeah, mother-in-law seats are, uh, if you ever want to do some digging for so weird automotive when stuff.
0: When did that, okay, so when did two-seat
1: vehicles stop having a compulsory? It came about in the late 20s. Okay, in the 20s. Right. It, Yeah, it was a flapper thing that, that that they stopped doing that. What a great term. Flapper. It, it was actually, I would, the disappearance of the mother-in-law seat is around the time that women got the vote. Like, <laughs>
0: I guess that kind of makes It is sense. actually about that time frame. It's like the, <laughs> the mid 20s, I think. Still, I'm kind of just still jaw dropped at the 8 second to 0 to 60. It's something that heavy with medieval tire technology putting kind of. Yeah, kind that's of power pretty down. insane. And like, then a 17 second quarter is quick.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so, I mean, I'd
1: 17. I a modern s-
0: equivalent of like, that's probably like a, a four cylinder camera or something.
1: It'd be a, like a 91 Civic. It's as fast as a 91 Civic. It's not a modern equivalent. right? Okay. Well, a 99 Civic. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> a Honda Fit. <laughs> there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's as fast as a Honda Fit. But I mean, like, you have to understand that a Honda Fit, this 20 years ago, uh-huh. that car would not have existed, like, when that was made. So if we think of how fast the EF Civic is, the difference between the first car ever being made and this one coming out. That time frame would be, the Civic would still have five years on top of that.
0: This car was made when my house was built.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, 1907. It's weird
0: to think about what car technology looked like.
1: Cars existed for, so this came out in 1907. The first car was made in 1886. So the car is has existed for 19 years at this point. Yeah,
0: so it's a pretty newfangled thing. When,
1: when this came out. Mm-hmm the 1886 benz patented motor wagon was not eligible for collector plates <laughs> and this is running 120 <laughs> miles per hour and going 17 seconds in 8 second 060s uh, that's insane at that level of technology very 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 fast so anyway um that's like beyond bugatti chiron yeah no that, for that sure. if the bugatti chiron came out in like the 1970s it's that kind of fast <laughs> uh, now anyway that's ridiculous speaking of peak technology oh my um, god yeah in the early 2000s, the BMW Z8 was kind of the peak of BMW technology for their road cars.
0: <laughs> it sure was. It came with a Motorola StarTech cell phone from the yes, factory. Yes, it did. Which rem- <laughs> a
1: lot of them actually
0: are missing because we're, we're shopping for a Z8 right now.
1: And you want one with a Motorola StarTAC?
0: I looked into it because we found one at a dealer yeah. in Naples, Florida. Okay. Pretty close to our property down there. You will not believe the list of things that these cars originally came with. It wasn't just like an owner's manual and a cell phone. No, no, no. So I'm going to pull up a well, list here for th- the stream. This is kind
1: of like the BMW kind of halo car from the It time. was, and yeah. it
0: was designed to be a collectible from the get-go. So it mimics the styling of the 507 from the 50s. Yep. And this is the first car BMW guaranteed parts availability for for 50 years.
1: That's pretty cool. It's really
0: cool. We're already almost halfway through that, which is weird to think about. But this car came with a first-aid kit and a black pouch in the trunk. It, okay. A small roll-up toolkit with white silk gloves, also in the trunk. Fancy. A BMW-badged battery charger, a trickle charger, in a badged pouch, Okay. also in the trunk. It came with a detachable cup holder for the interior, because America... Pause.
1: 20 years ago, yeah. cup holders were not a regular thing.
0: Not in German cars.
1: No. And in a lot of other cars, they were afterthoughts. It wasn't really until the caravan, like... It took the caravan like fifteen years to make that like a regular compulsory thing.
0: Yeah, there was we talked about this on the podcast yeah. a long time ago, like but what the first car that actually made cup holders a thing. Yeah. I th- it was a minivan. I wanna yeah, say I th- it was I the Previa though.
1: Yeah, it was like the Previa of the Caravan or like something. Like they got like.
0: ridiculed for putting in two cupholders in the yeah. seven seater van. Yeah. And now you like the Fiat five hundreds get five cup holders. So
1: between the time that cup holders became a regular thing and today, yeah. that's a longer period of time than the existence of the car to that my box up one. Anyway. I, <laughs> since you brought it back up,
0: I'm doing that. It had a soft top tonneau cover in a black canvas bag. Okay. Which is okay, that makes sense. A seat back windbreaker, so the wind deflector that goes between the two back seats, that was in the trunk. Okay. It came separately, kind of like a Dodge Demon crate thing, with a removable factory hard top and a hard top stand for your garage. And a like cover a, for like, the hard like top. Like kind an of R107. Yeah, but it came with a rolling stand for it. It came with a bag for the hard top. It came with a cover for the rear window on the soft top when you put it down. It came with a time port or StarTac Motorola cell phone. And it came with a front license plate holder, color matched, which was not installed on the car.
1: So Separately, it came with
0: four keys, when one did of they which was made out of polycarbonate, Ooh. one of which was a metal valet key, two of which were Z8-badged BMW diamond keys. Okay. And it came with the owner's manual, whatever, and a navigation disc.
1: Oh my but, god!
0: Months later, they would email you a coffee table book all about the Z. A nice big one. A lot of cars are missing this now. It's a three thousand dollar thing if you can Holy find one. Holy shit! So, so the, the car we're looking at is missing it.
1: The the car phone. Yeah. The two different phones: the timeport or the StarTech.
0: StarTech was more common.
1: So you want to get one with you know, the timeport.
0: You want a timeport.
1: You want the timeport, and then you want the the coffee table book. Yeah. So there you go. That's actually a top tip.
0: And the, the Z8 we're looking Car-traz, at is missing both of those two things.
1: Get, get the hell out of there.
0: But it's at 11,000 miles, and it's kind of low on price. Okay,
1: so. yeah, because it's missing $4,000 worth of crap. Let me
0: show you. Uh, I think people posted pictures of the – yeah. So there's the time port on the top, and there's the tech on the bottom, I think.
1: I really like the tech more, but, yeah, the time port. Is is... looks
0: much, much more modern. But, yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating. It was actually a really, really tough thing to find a full list of this. I actually had to look at an owner's group. Uh, and it took I really explicit searches, so uh, that's ridiculous. I feel like that kind of thing hasn't happened since the Z8 until the D. You know, you,
1: you were you were doing true journalism because the rule of thumb is for journalists is once you get into page two or three of Google results, that's when you're really digging deep.
0: I alter <laughs> my searches instead of going past page one because you can kind of tell what you're gonna. Yeah, yeah you're not it's, gonna it's get gonna the it's answer. It's gonna go
1: downhill quick. Exactly. Um. Well, great news, everyone. Mm. Uh, there is, is it the
0: Dacia Duster?
1: No, there is oh. now a formula. There's now a formula race car powered by a washing machine engine. Brian, washing machines are electric. Yes. You're right. It's an electric motor.
0: But you said engine. Shh.
1: Okay. But uh,
0: oh, I you have sure. a link. Okay. Yes, I
1: do. Of course, I do. Uh, so, uh, yeah. This, oh, that's uh, a
0: good thumbnail. Yeah, Thank you, Japlopnik, for...
1: Higher, um they are a Chinese washing machine. Yes, they and are. I had one in college. <laughs> and now they have got a
0: race car. 660 watt, which is 0. 0.9 horsepower, yep. which is pretty damn good for a washing <laughs> machine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and 33 foot pounds of torque. Yeah, you you can tell that uh, Jason Torshensky wrote this. Um, oh, wow, that is a small... It's a very tiny motor. So it's... It's, it does It does motivate the vehicle.
0: Wow. Okay, so it's originally a 230-volt AC motor, and it's being run on a 12-volt DC battery now. Yes. This cannot be fast.
1: I, I said it motivates it. Okay. Not well. Why, okay, so why
0: <laughs> Why did they do this?
1: Uh, because they make electric motors for washing machines, and you need to think about it. And you, now people actually know the name higher, which they didn't they five minutes before. ago. I, they've been to discount appliance stores. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Also, I should—I do want to talk about. This is not like a good brand. This is a discount brand doing oh, something yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, this isn't a, uh, this.
0: a KitchenAid Elite. Yeah, no. Or this uh, is, this is a, a totally, Wolf. Totally normal. One. Yeah, this yeah. is this is like I I need like Formula I'm selling. Higher. I'm selling my house and I need to put the cheapest possible functioning appliance in. What do I buy? Yeah, you buy I a higher. higher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or are you like outfitting an RV kitchen? <laughs> higher.
1: <laughs> but um, here, that, if you, I bet if you go, if you go from the yeah, I'm skip show. in a little bit here. Because I'm not going to watch four minutes of them building this thing. I just see it be driven oh, around.
0: I see the motor. There it is. is it's a disc. very
1: tiny motor.
0: <laughs> this is. I just. I still don't understand why they did this. I mean, it must be so slow. One horsepower, thirty-three foot-pounds.
1: Uh, I don't think they actually drove it in this video. That wow, sucks.
0: that is a dumb video, but it's a cool-looking car.
1: It's a very cool thing that they built. Well, you know. Wow. I just want to say, you know, Nissan, their racing program. Yeah. You know what that was started by? I actually, I'm sure you've told me, but I've forgotten. It was started by a handful of engineers in their spare time Mm -hmm. working out the back with a donor car that they bought with their own money. Very fine. And they turned it into a tiny race car. So... If they did that with a car was effectively an Austin 7. It's going through my head right now. Is yeah. hold me closer, tiny
0: race car. <laughs> Thank you, Elton John. <laughs> hold me
1: closer, tiny race car. Ba-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this could be the start of great things. Because yeah. the first Datsun race car wasn't that great. I want to see
0: a KitchenAid car. Yes. There should be, this should be a, th- a series. Honestly, if you, if you took them to like Shano, yeah. it be super fun.
1: Yeah, if you put these in like go karts, yep, like that'd be a really, <laughs> yeah, really good series. Big things like that, like that'd be really funny. That
0: thing's all carbon fiber. I mean, that thing is probably the equivalent of running a healthy lawnmower engine. Yeah, that would, true. That would still point. get it up to like 25, 30 miles an hour, maybe. That's a good point. So yeah, you could would, make that you could have a lot can, of fun. In you that, can have a lot of fun with, with 30 horsepower. Yeah, it brings out the driver skill,
1: but anyway, with the first Datsun race car, yes. the first race they ever had, they got their ass kicked, the second race they ever did. They designed a dual overhead cam, supercharged cylinder head for the engine, using a root-style blower that had the same horsepower-to-weight ratio as the Bugatti Type 35, and they effectively made one of the best race cars in the world out of their garage. So I do. I like think the Hire screw could, you stories. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> Hire could do that if they put their minds to it.
0: Dude, you just you take the Power Wheels mod mentality and you apply it to your washing machine motor. Boom, done. done. There you go. Done.
1: So, anyway, there is that. Thank you, hire for making my life that much better.
0: So, instead of electric motors being mounted midship, I want to talk about gasoline America engines running in the front of vehicles. Yeehaw, cowboy. So, the Corvette C7, okay. the current Corvette, it finally ceased production. The okay. last one that rolled off the line went immediately to auction because it is being sold as the last front-engine Corvette ever to be produced. I still don't know if we've confirmed that the next one's going to be mid-engine, but it seems like it will be at this point. You
1: know, a lot of people bought the 1982 Corvette because there wasn't an 83 Corvette, and then, uh-huh. then there ended up being an 84 Corvette, mm-hmm. which is better in every way.
0: Y- yeah, the C4 is way better than the last year of the C3. It's just, it's not even... It's
1: not a f- it's not false. as an objective fact.
0: So I just brought it up on the screen, this uh, this article. Look how much this thing sold for. $2.7 million There's for a so Corvette There's so many other right.
1: things I would buy with I, $2.7 I million. CO6, dollars.
0: But yeah. Ah, uh, okay. What would, what would
1: you buy with $2.7 million?
0: Oh, um, retirement?
1: I would, yes. A clapped out, well, a car, I should oh. say. Oh,
0: does it have to be one car? Oh, I got, no, McLaren F1.
1: Bugatti Type 35. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, there, there's so many other things in the world. I could buy every single variant of every single EF Civic. But keep in
0: mind, this was a charity auction, so it's probably okay. All right. tax deductible. Okay, okay, okay. okay. that's fair. Because yeah. the
1: the first Civic Type R that came to America yeah. was sold for, like, $3 bucks on, oh. like, Trail or something. And How it, is that as much as a McLaren F1? Well, it was, a ch- it was a charity thing.
0: Oh, oh okay, right, right.
1: Yeah, it, it, I don't think it was $3 million. It was something ridiculous like that, though.
0: Well, either way, uh, I'll be we a, a podcast of year, uh, bygone month or whatever. We taught we uh, gave people the actual release date for the C eight, but I don't remember when that is. I think it's in quarter three this year. Yeah. So there's going to be a gap right now where they just won't have a Corvette for sale, which I guess is fine. There's probably plenty on dealer. Eighty three
1: was a great year. <laughs> God damn it! Ron. So.
0: But anyway, um, that sold for a ton of money. I'll be curious to see what the C8 is, but it's a great form factor. I've been mean, trying to buy a performance car that outdoes that thing anywhere near that price bracket. It's just not going to happen. So,
1: well, for two point seven million dollars, well, I think a lot of guys can buy But I'm talking like
0: sixty grand. You know what a base <laughs> C7
1: costs if you go and buy one. No, that's true. That is true. That's a good point. Well, and, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, what did we, we What did we learn this week? T- this week, yeah. Um. I learned that it's actually really easy to rewire a donk.
0: Oh, God. What? Okay. Well, I suppose you don't need, like, jacks or anything.
1: Oh, yeah. I had a lift that helped me anyway. Oh. I had this guy brought in. I was helping a guy out. We had a slow week at work, and I helped this guy out with a donk. Uh, and it was a 95 Caprice, so the LT. Oh, it's swap. a bubble. Hell, yep. Yeah. Is nine five Caprice the lt one swap? So I had the Monte Carlo or Impala SS motor. Yeah, I was I was kind of confused though because I was like, as bring down the price on like just how much an lt one swap like feasibly has to cost. Yeah. Versus how much a LS swap can be done for, oh, and dude. like the LS is actually cheaper. Yeah. Especially um, with all
0: the mounts that are available for the B bodies right off the shelf.
1: Yeah, like yeah. it's just it, it, you can get. I actually I, I looked it up. It's about fifteen hundred dollars in parts. I love the bubbles that have like LS nines in them. Yeah. Just like. Well, I was explained, to, I was explained to some of my coworkers why well, I thought the car was so cool. I showed them this video of this dude with a 73 glass house mm-hmm. impala, which is, they're called, they have just tons of windows. Um, but it's a 73 glass house, and the uh, owner had 28 inch gold wheels on it, <laughs> and he annihilated a uh, Vortex supercharged Corvette ZR1. Oh my god! Just like didn't like beat him, but like the Corvette got him off the line. But this oh, dude yeah, like the moment of inertia on those wheels. Yeah, but this guy this guy him by like two car lengths. Just freight train. Yeah. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. So I actually like Donks a lot. But anyway, me too.
0: I'd love this, to go to that Donk meet in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Um, but anyway, this guy had a, this LED underkit that was wired up, and it was like a lot of duct tape was involved. Ooh. He did it. He did it in his, in his driveway, and then yep. it was beginning to rain. He's like, Sh- shit, I got exposed wiring. Oh I need God. to fix this. So he just threw it all that together it, real yeah, quick. Yeah, that's,
0: that's not, it's, it's worse than soldering and worse than butt connectors.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I ran it through the, f- the chassis rails and everything, like literally redid it from front to back and did that for him. But it was super easy. I got all of it done in like an hour and a half. I just have to take. There just is have...
0: something to be said with a, a lifted body on frame vehicle. Oh, it's I mean, so nice. all holes just... in the chassis yep. and everything.
1: Just it's a... great. <laughs> And, yeah, all I have to do is um, I just need to actually.
0: Was it a C-channel or a fully boxed frame?
1: It was a C-channel, yeah. Okay. So I had, yeah, all I have to do really is I just have to just reapply the double-side tape on the LED strips, and that's it. That's all I've left. But it went super well. Just that's yeah. so
0: weird. Donkin Underglow had good karma. Yeah,
1: it, it was really weird, but that's what happens when I'm in charge of a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I learned is that donks are really easy to rewire because everything's right there. Body on frame. I still love them. Fair so. enough.
0: I also love donks. So well,
1: what did you learn?
0: I learned this week um that I need a Fiat one twenty four. Yeah. I actually test drove one yesterday for the first time and now I like really it, it moved up my need for this car substantially. Okay. It is an excellent car.
1: I uh me and Jan are be going to the JCCS this uh, September. Um and yeah, there's a lot of Fiat 124s for rental and on Turo. Dude, and,
0: uh, dude, they're so great. Yeah,
1: I think I might find one. Because like, ha- the cheapest manual car you can get, that's not a PT Cruiser. Is L one twenty four, Turo. So it's,
0: they're so comfortable. The seats are amazing. I mean, this is a Barth. I drove it a thousand miles on it. Yeah. And it was like, it, dude, it felt like the seat had been glove fit to my my butt for like a hundred thousand miles. Like oh it, my god, I can't. Was, I, yeah, I think I'm have to drive one. So there you
1: go. Well, there you go. The Fiat one twenty four is a wonderful car. Donks are easy to rewire, and there's a Maybach Zeppelin in the world going up for auction. Oh um, no. Oh, I should note that also is being sold at uh, Goodwood Festival Speed. Oh man, I forgot
0: I, to note that. I would. I'd, I was at a happy hour down here yesterday, and I was hearing about uh, one of my buddies down here went to Isle of Man for the TT, and another Gene, three garages down. He's going to Festival Speed this year.
1: I always watch the live stream every Fourth of July. So I,
0: I don't know if I if I had to pick between the revival and the Festival Speed, which one I'd go to,
1: but I want to do both. I would. If I had to choose one, I would say the Festival of Speed first, yeah. but I feel like the Revival is probably more fun. It's yeah. just like the Revival is like the Hawk, like down here. Right. Whereas Which, Festival of Speed is incidentally like... Incidentally, that is soon. Yeah. Whereas Festival of Speed is like Monterey Car Week. Like you have to go to it. It's just one of those like, it's a, it's a bucket list thing. The Hawk
0: is the 18th through 21st of July.
1: I think we should probably go there and do a live stream. It is the Not day stream, after Pazaluna. Weekend.
0: Uh, pasolina's on a Thursday, so okay. we won't be doing oh, Lazy Visc, and Crap. it's Friday through Sunday. But I'm only going to go Saturday through Sunday. I think maybe Friday evening through Sunday. I'd I don't say know. if
1: we do Saturday through Sunday, I'd be into it. Because I, I just need to work. You know, yeah,
0: I, I don't want to leave during prime time, so I would try to just go there for like I want to do the whole Saturday, but yep. like we'll end up with maybe a little bit of Friday and then maybe a little bit of Sunday.
1: Maybe maybe a leave like after work or something, and maybe we'll do Carvajal from the Hawk. because that that show? Yeah, I, we absolutely have to. It's just epic. So well, That's
0: happening. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Yes, we will we, try to push out an episode again midweek. Monday, uh, maybe. But hopefully that'd be good. worst case, we'll see you next week. Thank you, absolutely. as always, for listening. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye-bye.